Welcome to the Habit Podcast, conversations with writers about writing. I'm Jonathan Rogers, your host. Ned Bustard is an artist and illustrator in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. You may know Ned's work from Every Moment Holy, the book of liturgies and prayers from Rabbit Room Press, in which his cuts are featured. Ned and his wife Leslie are gatherers of people, especially creative people. I invited Ned on the Habit Podcast to talk about his creative work, but also to talk about the ways in which he and Leslie have been intentional about building creative community. Ned Bustard, thanks so much for being on the Habit Podcast. I'm uh, really glad you made time for us today. It's an honor and a pleasure. Uh, you were in a, a video a few weeks ago or a few months ago um, by, I think, Cursive Media put together, if I'm not mistaken, Cursive Films. Cursive Films, yeah. And, and where you, you, your starting point was the question of what does it mean to be a successful artist? I, I want to start there. I'm, I, want, I want to sort of revisit that video because I thought it was so great. And I thought you did such a great job in that video of articulating what success even means for a creative person. Yeah, that was a really great experience. Uh, some friends from church actually have started this company called Cursive Films, and they were talking to me about a uh, trip I made to Lady Lodge down in Texas. Uh, and I was uh, speaking, and I was the artist in residence there, and I was just sharing with them what I had talked about, about the idea of success and what success looks like for me. Uh, It's a question that I've dealt with a lot over the last 20 years, trying to figure out, um, I guess, am I a loser or not? And uh, (laughs) it it, kind of was birthed in the, when my wife and I were first married, we were thinking through this, uh, trying to figure out what does it mean for me to be an artist? What What does that look like? for me to be successful as an artist. Uh, In our heads, it was either to go to New York and get a a job with a a really good, I don't know, design company or doing illustration there, or perhaps connecting with one of the big uh, Christian publishers and, Uh and getting hired to do illustration work. But since then, I, I've, well, none of those happened. So I had to think through if that's not success and what is success. And um, in the, the video by Cursive Films, I talk about the idea of success being to uh, make what I was designed to make. Yeah, It was uh, coming just on the heels of a, a chapter I wrote in our book. It was good performing arts to the glory of God. And in there, I talk about glory and trying to think through what it is we're supposed to do as artists and uh, and that's what I came came up with was that God has made me to be a certain person to do to be gifted in certain ways, and I need to do what I was designed to do. Um, I think that if I'm working at my craft, I'm practicing it well, and then I'm I'm uh, making what I have designed to make uh, my brother-in-law said recently to me because he had described to his girlfriend that then uh he said ned's very punk rock and uh, what he meant by that was that i have a real do-it-yourself attitude and i and i thought about that i was like yeah i I mean it would be great to be really cool in punk rock i'm not really that way at all yeah i mean that's not the first uh 
descriptor that comes to mind. <laughs> no, no, I definitely am, am not. Uh, I don't fit fit that stereotype. But the idea of being a maker is very key in my psyche. And I think uh, if I'm making, um, then I'm doing what God has made me to do. And I, that's, I think that that's my calling. Uh, I see that as being something that I do for my community um, rather than um, on a, a large a large uh, stage. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the, I, I end up on this podcast talking a, a good bit about this idea of, of uh, writing for your community, you know, for, for um, actual people, you know, and how that right. can, that can be a, it, it can often be a, um, uh, the answer to, to writer's block. Um, you know, when you, when you think I'm trying to do something for, the public or whatever that's who knows what's going to come of that but when you're thinking i'm going to do something that's going to serve you know these three people who i know and who come over to my house sometimes um, oh exactly yeah i i i find that that's definitely the case for me because when i try to think about what the public or or people or they will want it it usually is kind of crippling but when i think i mean you know i most of the people who have my artwork live within walking distance of me. So, <laughs> I, you know, I know what the work will look like uh, on their walls when I think about what I'm going to make. I make it in uh, a size that can fit a frame that they can buy at their local craft store uh-huh. and that's going to fit uh, on their walls, not on some kind of crazy big uh, New York apartment wall. Huh. Um, although I, I, I can't say I believe you when you say that, that most of your art is within walking distance. I mean, you've, you've made a lot of books and those are all over the place. Well, yeah, the, the books are a joy and making books is what my favorite thing to do, I think, ultimately. But with with, with me, I, I have a hard time thinking that people actually own my books. I'm always surprised when someone brings a book up to me to have it signed because I was like, oh, you actually purchased this because I, I make the books and then they I just kind of go you. out. Why do you have my book? <laughs> yeah, there's only five of them. How do you have a copy? Uh, so yeah, for, for me that I don't think of, of um, that's been one of the great things about the Every Moment Holy Project is yeah. people have been coming up to me and say, oh, I have the Every Moment Holy Project. And I was like, really? <laughs> like, I, I, I'm really shocked because uh, I, I had no idea that you bought. And the idea that someone would buy my work is, is exciting, but I don't, I don't think about that. I think about um, making something. Like, for, for example, with that project, I was making those, um, the line of cuts and designing that book basically for the author, Doug McKelvey. Yeah. Like when I thought mm. about that, mm. I was saying, what, what's, what's going to resonate with Doug? Wow. Uh, what, what illustrates his, his pieces the best. And we talked a lot through uh, how, how to really draw out the, the concepts in those, those pieces. So for, yeah. I mean, obviously I want other people to, to enjoy them. And I've, I had an art show in my gallery of those and, and it's, it's very gratifying for me to, to share that with people, but I don't think about that when I'm making it. Yeah. Um, that's, that's great. Even, even when you're, you know, you're doing work on this thing that turns out, you know, tens of thousands of people have this book now. I I don't know for sure. There's, but I think, I think, and, uh, thousands at least. Yeah. Yeah. And you were doing it for, you were still doing it for your community. You were, you were doing it for Doug. 
That's great. Yeah, yeah. Well, and, and that project, uh, I remember when it when it all came together. Uh, Andrew Peterson was telling me about it, and I was, and I normally I don't throw myself at at, at folks, but <laughs> <laughs> when he described the project, I was like, oh please, this this so resonates with who I am as a person. Uh, I designed the liturgy at my church. Um, I grew up in a um, uh, a liturgical background, uh-huh. and and the idea of old illustrated books, it's just it's just it's the core of who I am. And so I, I was, I was very eager to be part of that project. And, yeah. and, um, yeah. Um, also when you're talking about people, uh, your, uh, your art, uh, you know, being pretty local, um, I bought some of your books 20 years ago. That blows my mind. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Your little, your little readers for, for new readers. And that's, that's oh, right. The phonics pan, program. Yeah. And the tan man ram. Yeah, uh, and the, the uh, super spy story. Yeah, uh, that's right. Uh, Saint Brendan uh, <laughs> and uh, the Sir Galahad. Yeah, those yep. those were great. Then that was again. That was um, at that time when I made that phonics program. My daughter was five years old, and she mm-hmm. was learning to read. And I made it for her. I mean, yeah. obviously, it was it was to to share with a larger community. Yeah, um, it has freaked me out uh, recently. A couple years ago, I was at the um, Rabbit Rudin's Hutchmoot conference and uh, a young woman walked up to me with a copy of that first book the oh, wow. tan ram man and wanted me to sign it and she goes oh i learned to read with this and i was like that's impossible because i think you're in your mid-20s and that would mean <laughs> that, that i'm really really old yeah right yeah um the um so i, I want to talk about your community we've been talking about community um right. i am so you're from lancaster pennsylvania um, you I live, live there now. Live there yeah, now, I'm from the Philly area. Okay. I, with Lancaster, it's it's a it's a uh, very much of a uh, Mennonite Amish community. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So you have to be kind of third generation to be from to here. Be from here. Uh-huh. So I'm definitely a transplant. I've been okay. here for 20 years though, so it's definitely home. Yeah. So I uh, I want to understand what's going on in Lancaster, Pennsylvania, because you know we uh, there's you know I live in Nashville. There's obviously a a a uh, pretty vibrant creative community in Nashville but we've got a good excuse for that you know we've got a, a music industry here and we've got several right, publishing right. houses and and people kind of congregate here to make a living but every time I turn around there's something going on in in Lancaster something interesting you know whether that's you know you mentioned your your filmmaker friends and and uh, the things you and Leslie are doing that are so interesting whether that's books or art or you know podcasting What's going on? I mean, can can you? And one reason I ask is I'm I often hear people, um, especially you know, people connected with the Rabbit Room, will say, "Oh, you know, it's it's they they think of Nashville as some sort of Shangri La for for creative <laughs> yeah. people. Like, how can we do this?" And I'm like, "Well, you know, don't know how to answer that question." And you know, one thing is maybe get a music industry and a few publishing houses in your town, and and that will attract some creative people. But it certainly wouldn't help. <laughs> Well, when, when, when it hurt, when yeah. It hurt. Um, but but you but there's but there's a a very vibrant creative community in your town, um, and I don't know the extent, you know, and and, yeah. and also I don't understand is this because the Bustards have have somehow you know put this together or so? so yes, that's about. my story, and I'm sticking with it. It's all because of us. No, actually, uh, I I often think no one really knows what I'm doing here. Uh, that I, I'm working in anonymity when it comes to being mm-hmm. in Lancaster. It's, it's been kind of interesting for us. My, 
like I said, I'm from the Philadelphia area. My wife's from Wilmington, Delaware. We met uh, at college up here and it's just stuck around. Mm-hmm. Back then, uh, Lancaster wasn't um, really as as creative, I guess, as, a, as it is now. Yeah. And we've really seen that renaissance in the last 10 to 20 years. Um, there was, um, uh, there's a, a large uh, Christian music um, scene here. There's also... Uh, what do you Christian mean when theater. you say scene? What what is scene? Well, the, there's a, a large Christian music radio, and then uh, like I was back in the the '90s, I was uh, the art director for a Christian music magazine called Noteboard. It was mm-hmm. for uh, alternative music, rap, metal, um, kind of fringe things, and they've had large uh, festivals, music festivals here. So there's there's that um, aspect, but I honestly don't know what is making. Lancaster work the the city itself has as I said has been really going through a renaissance of late the last uh, decade or so and some of that was I believe the 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 art galleries we had yeah. uh, a section called Gallery Row and there there was the first Friday art events and those things have really blossomed um, and with uh, we've had different uh, I mean there's the oldest. Uh, opera house is uh, in the country is in Lancaster. Oh, so really? there, there's, there, there are these things and, and we've got different uh, venues, but I think that uh, the area kind of, my daughter lives in Brooklyn uh, and I feel like there's a, there's a, a similarity between Lancaster and Brooklyn that there's this um, just growth life, uh, young people coming together and, yeah. and wanting to be creative and, and just kind of rooting themselves here. I think that there's, there's uh, a good work ethic here, uh-huh. um, but basically there, there's been, uh, uh, it's just a, a fertile place in you know more ways than one. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've heard Brooklyn referred to as the Lancaster of New York. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, exactly. So do, do you have any um, advice for people who are looking to um, uh, build creative community um, where they are? Yeah, I, I, for for us, it was the idea of just being rooted um, mm-hmm. and and investing in in where where you are. Uh, Leslie and I like that song by Sarah Groves. I want to add to the beauty. Yeah, and uh, that that really has been kind of a mantra for us. And when we think about what we do, it's about being um, being investing in the people around us, encouraging the people who are around us and not really thinking about uh, the end product. I think that that's mm. uh, a lot of times when people get, uh, uh, I don't know, strangled or, or creatively constipated. It's because they're trying to generate uh, a certain product at the end of the, uh, at the end of the process. And for us, we just wanted to add beauty and to encourage people. I have a art gallery here in town that when I started it, I thought, oh, I'll sell artwork and um, and this thing will just keep going because people are buying the artwork. But uh, my gallery is focuses on contemporary art uh, that's kind of inspired by the Christian faith. So it's contemporary art, so people don't want to buy it. And it's Christian, so people don't want to buy it. But uh, so that I had to kind of readjust my thinking and, and I thought, well, this gallery is here so that I can uh, add beauty to my community 
educate those around me in either the faith or in contemporary art, whichever area that they're lacking. So for us, it was just kind of creating these beautiful spaces. Um, Early on, uh, I read uh, Francis Schaeffer. My wife and I read Francis Schaeffer and and his work and, and Edith Schaeffer's work really inspired us to live where we were, to be really rooted there to, to um, see a, where we could make beauty out of ordinary things uh-huh. where we were. And, um, and some of that also was um, reading uh, Andy Ashworth's book, Real Love for Real Life. That yeah. was really another thing that really kind of gave us a vision for um, making, making things happen. And I think that uh, to go back to your question, how do you, what do you do? Um, for us, it was just how do you care for the people around you? How do you how do you make their life more beautiful? We would do things that were just uh, that we thought were good. And recently, we had a a book release party for uh, Sean Smucker, and he yeah. he's been on your program uh, at our gallery. There was no reason for that. Like I didn't make any money off of that, and uh-huh. it didn't bring anybody really into the gallery for the the visual arts. It was just. I had this nice gallery and we were able to create this enjoyable, beautiful experience for a, another artist and, and for our community. So that for us, that was kind of the, the modus operandi for, for doing these things. Um, the painter Makoto Fujimura uh-huh. in his uh, culture care book talks about uh, being generative, being generous. And that's kind of what, what we've been doing. We're, how do we be generous to those around us? How can we add beauty to their lives? And the fact that things have worked to whatever extent they've, they've worked has really just been a, um, a pleasant byproduct of that. I, I know I've talked to the folks at, at the rabbit room and they're like, Oh, this is Nirvana. We, you know, we're in Nashville where this is so great, you know, and I live in a, a wasteland. I'm like, well, that may be, but it, are you investing in that wasteland? Are you, right. are you tilling the soil? and trying to plant uh, a few seeds, you know, around where you live. So can you um, talk to me about a few ways that you and Leslie have planted seeds? You've, you've mentioned your, um, your gallery. You've mentioned that you've used the gallery for events like, uh, like Sean's um, uh, book release uh, thing. Um, what, what are some other things that, that y'all have done? Because it seems like every time I turn around, there's something that y'all are up to. <laughs> well, we, we keep trying to to throw things, you know, throw things on the wall and see what sticks. Yeah. Uh, one of the big things uh, 10 years ago, uh, a friend of ours, uh, Tom Becker, he started a thing called the Row House. It's a, mm-hmm. a forum, monthly forum, where there's lectures on, on different topics uh, from a Christian perspective, really kind of inspired by the Francis Schaeffer Institute out in... Um, where is it in the Midwest uh, at Covenant Seminary? Oh yeah, right. And uh, when they moved to town, we prayed that that we would be able to start kind of a Labrie like work here in Lancaster, not knowing what that would look like. But uh, he and I started uh, meeting at Borders, and we we started a thing called the Ivory Tower, a common sense forum on arts and culture, mm-hmm. and we would do monthly lectures. Uh, with different people coming in on different topics at the um, borders bookstore at the borders bookstore. Uh-huh. Yeah. May it rest in peace. Uh, <laughs> it was, yeah, we, we had like, there was all kinds of things. We did uh, lectures on, on modern art and baseball and sex. I did a, a topic. I did a lecture on uh, 
Harry Potter, uh, wine. Draco Malfoy is my hero, which was a whole wow. other thing. Uh, so we had this this thing that we were doing, and then uh, several years later, Tom made it a, a full time gig and, and changed the name to the Row House, and that meets um, started meeting in his house, but now it meets at my gallery, and. So that was a, for us, that was a really great thing to do. It's just creating a, a venue where we can invest in those uh, in our community who have something to say and also uh, bring big ideas in for folks. Yeah. Are your speakers friend, all local for that? Uh, well, it's a mix. Uh-huh. We, we, we really, uh, Tom has been very interested in, in investing in and, and developing uh, local folks. So uh, yeah, if there's a young that. person who is really obsessed with something, we, we have them talk. But we've had other people, like we've had uh, James K. Smith come in. Uh-huh. We've had, um, I've had Mako Fujimura come. Oh, okay. um, so we've had folks from different places. Uh, but, you know, that costs money. So sure, <laughs> you have yeah. to balance those things. Yeah. Um, other things we've done. Oh, I did a, um, uh, uh, we had, for some reason, a lot of uh, our church was in, attracting a lot of uh, artistic people. So I started an art and music care group uh, that lasted for a little while. Um, and I, I set up in our, the narthex of our church an art gallery. That was before I started my art gallery downtown. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have friends, uh, uh, Rob Bigley, he's a, Teach, teaches music at the local uh, Bible college, Lancaster Bible College. He came to town and he and his family and ours really hit it off. And we were both homeschooling at the time. My wife had the idea that she wanted to have our kids learn Shakespeare. So we started the West End Shakespeare Company and we uh, had a bunch of kids dressed up in just t-shirts with their names on it. So you could know who the characters were <laughs> and they all did Shakespeare over the summer. Um, and then my friend Rob, when he uh, he works at this, like I said, at the, the Lancaster Bible College, they uh, started the Trust Performing Arts Center. It's a uh, um, it's for theater and uh, music downtown. They had room there, and he asked me to start the Square Halo Gallery there. Uh, so it it was just again, these are things that just are trying to bring beauty uh, into our community so those are a couple of other things that that we've done well i'm 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 loving hearing this and and uh i I love the way that you're just well putting your money where your mouth is investing in this local community i you you didn't mention anything that failed but i i I, one suspects you have tried plenty of things (laughs) that were just a complete bust is that fair to say no, I was trying really hard to make the, all that sound super successful and and effortless. Yeah, but but again, I mean, what is success? Is you know, if, if it's loving your neighbors, um, and serving your community, even Absolutely. things that 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 don't, you know, have a have a longer life, they're not failures. Yeah, well, and the other thing is to to see that there are things that have a lifespan. It doesn't mean it's a failure. Yeah. Uh, you know, sunflower has a lifespan, <laughs> yeah. but but you don't say, well, at the end of the season, <laughs> you're a real failure because you only lasted for you know a couple months. Like, but but we we look at it that way, and and also, and I said this in in the um, the curse of films video that we we attached monetary values to things. Right. So th- there has to be a, a monetary, and I think once you take money off the table, it frees you up to do a lot of really creative. And life-giving things. Yeah, the, I mean the the the, the uh, art gallery in my church that doesn't exist anymore. That was that 
lasted a little while, but then, you know, some people were like, well, I don't like coming to a art gallery. I want to come to a church. I'm like, well, mm-hmm. there really, there's no, there's no, I'm not stopping you from worship. <laughs> it was just a couple pictures hung up in the narthex. Like you, you just walk through it, close your eyes. It'll be fine. But you know, that, that ended up not working. Um, I mean, ultimately I, it worked for a while and it was, it was lovely, but it had a lifetime, a lifespan. Uh, the West End Shakespeare company that uh, the Bigleys and the Bustards, we started, we did two or three shows. Um, it's still on Facebook, but it doesn't exist anymore. It doesn't mean that it's not good. Uh, the right. kids still talk about, you know, when, you know, cause we would, like I said, we had t-shirts, everyone, there was color coded, everyone had their names mm-hmm. and they still talk about, you know, when they, when they played that character, this character yeah. and the good times that they had. Yeah. Well, you know, it's, it, uh, I know people want to, you know, find their people or they want to, to plug into something. But, um, as, as the Bustards have demonstrated, you know, it's, it's, it's largely a matter of, of not finding it, but, but making something that, that people. Oh, absolutely. Can, yeah. You know, as you, as you make something and put it out there, um, people find you. Yeah. I think it's, it's almost in my head, uh, uh, a riff on C.S. Lewis's discussion about the inner circle. Like you, you want to be on the inner circle and, and then you realize once you get there, there is no inner circle. Uh-huh. And I think that that's some of, uh, I always say w- when people talk about my work as an artist, uh, I say, it's all smoke and mirrors. I'm just <laughs> pretending. Okay. And, and as long as you're okay with just pretending, you can get a lot done. Uh, nobody has to know that that you're just making all this stuff up, up what do as you, you go along. What do you mean when you say you're just pretending as an artist? Because I've seen your art and it looks like the real thing to me. Well, thank you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> again, you know, I, I, and I think this is one, again, going back to the idea of community, um, when you're not in, like, because I find that I feel like I'm much more of an artist when I have other artists in my life that mm-hmm. I can I can work with. But a lot of my work happens on the third floor of my little row house here. And so I've, I'm very isolated, and I think that that plays into into my um, my thoughts of me not being mm-hmm. an artist. And, and in spite of the the things I said in my video about uh, success being making work for your community, I can't get away from the idea that that's hammered into our heads that success is thousands of followers on Instagram and um, you know millions of dollars. You know, it's it's. Yeah. Those those factors, it's hard for me not you know not to think. And also, um, I have an art gallery. I look at art. I evaluate art, um, so I know what good stuff looks like. I, I'm very grateful that that people think my work is good. I enjoy making my artwork, um, and some of it has been successful. Uh, but I don't think of myself as uh, I'm. Sp- spiraling into nothingness here. You're going to have to either pull me out of this Jonathan, or um, I don't know what I'm even talking about. Anymore. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, I, I think you're, you're just talking about the imposter syndrome that everybody struggles with. Oh yeah. That's what it is. Yeah. 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 And I really do believe at the end of the day, what brings me the most joy and satisfaction is that I'm making work, making art for my community. And I think that that is what I'm called to do. And um, when I'm focused on that, that's when I'm happiest. And I and and in my community, I can say yes, I am an artist. And mm-hmm. 
people have have a couple of my pieces hanging on their walls, so they think I am too, and yeah. and that's just great. And I, I I just love that, and um, the fact that I'm able to do that uh, is just fantastic. Yeah, and, that, yeah, that's great. So, and you, why do, why do we feel like we need love from people who can't love us back? <laughs> people we don't well, even know. Yeah, I mean that's the thing with uh, like I said, I love the fact how every moment holy has been so successful, and uh, so many people bought it, and and it, it has resonated with people. I'm really I'm thrilled every time I hear about the impact of that. Uh, my daughter's at English Labrie uh, right now, and she's telling me all these people love, you know, Every Moment Holy, which again, blows my mind that it's even there. Yeah. Um, but at least, uh, or not at least, for, for me, the fact that uh, I made it and it's, it's being enjoyed by my friends, that, that's lovely. The fact that there's people out there in Omaha or something reading it, is almost too abstract of an mm-hmm. idea for me to really get my head around. Um, that's that's great, and I'm glad that that it's being helpful for them. But it doesn't it doesn't really make sense in my world that oh, that Omaha even exists. I mean, that it's, that's just too far away. Like I can only handle. I have a very small backyard. I can only handle a little bit of ground. I can mow it. I can add flowers, and that's really all I can do. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's great. All right, we got to wrap this up. So, uh, tell me, Ned, who are the writers who make you want to write, or the artists who make you want to do art? Uh, well, it's it's of course it's it feels terribly cliche to say this, but C.S. Lewis has mm-hmm. been a guiding light in in my life. Uh, we homeschooled. We named our homeschool after uh, Saint Clive's. Uh, <laughs> so it's for me. Um, I quote screw tape letters as much as I quote the Bible. Uh, so he's, he's really important to me as far as writers. Um, besides Lewis, I love Anthony Horwitz. I love reading his murder mysteries and uh-huh. his, uh, his, his, uh, he does James Bond books. So that, that's for me fun. Uh, for, for what I do as, as a maker, uh, I found Jamie Smith's books really helpful. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tim Keller, um, uh, and, the, and when you the say there, are uh, Tim Keller and Jamie Smith on the subject of art, or just on other st- no, stuff? No, no. For them, I read them. Uh, they kind of inspire me as far as how to think, mm-hmm. th- how to think Christianly. Yeah. Uh, so, so that for for me, as far as the arts, I would read um, folks I like are like um, Jeremy Begbie, Bill yeah. Edgar, yeah. Uh, Calvin Sierveld, Bill Dearness. Uh, my buddy James Romain. Those are, those are the folks that um, I read when it comes to Christianity and the arts. Um, uh, basically, Byron Borger, he doesn't write, but anything he tells me to read, I read. <laughs> He's the uh, bookseller for Hearts and Minds books. Okay. So he, he has a big impact on me. Um, hmm. And I really like read Dennis Hack. He's, he writes uh, for um, uh, Critique magazine. So those are the different people I write. I don't really have... Um, yeah, uh, one besides you know Saint C.S. Lewis, um, Saint Clive, a, a real yeah Saint Clive's <laughs> um, artists. Uh, that I'm a group called um, Christians in the Visual Arts, so uh-huh. just rubbing shoulders uh, with those folks really inspires me. Yeah, uh, I really enjoy looking at German Expressionism, uh, Ethiopian icons, medieval really? woodcuts. So those are the that's the art that kind of gets me jazzed. Wow. Um, so it's all just kind of an eclectic little. Uh, 
mix. Uh-huh. I mean, I, I really love those old English uh, bookshelves that are just crammed full of all kinds of weird different books. And that that's <laughs> kind of what uh, Nirvana is for me. You know, when I was uh, writing my PhD, uh, you know, there wasn't Google and, and uh, we'd have to, to, I'd get these old microfilms and, and roll, you know, so the thing I was looking at might be the 18th thing on a, on a roll of microfilm. And in between there might be, before you get there, it might be a cookbook and a, and a midwife, uh, you know, handbook or, or whatever. And I felt like so much of my education just came from hitting those. Like when I was looking for the thing I was looking for, um, and you'd have to stop to see where you were on the roll. And, oh, right. yeah. and then I'd end up reading, you know, about, uh, you know, 16th century cookery for a little while. And, <laughs> and, uh, so, you know, I, I, I missed the days when it was harder to, uh, to find what you're looking for, you know? Yeah. Well, the first time I met Andrew Peterson, he was here in town and he was at our local uh, used bookstore. It's called Dog Star Books. Uh-huh. And that I just love going in there just because you you fall over books. There's stacks yeah. and stacks of books. And you're like, oh, this is not what I was looking for. I'm going to buy it and I'm going to buy the one next to it, too. Yeah. And it's just a joy to have that um, the serendipity. Of, yeah. Of yeah, I know the the um, the efficiency of Google is such a shame. Oh, it, it, it's very, very helpful. It saves time and it it, it, it starves your soul. Yeah. All right, man. Uh, better run. Uh, thank you, uh, Ned. When I hear you talk about uh, what you're doing in your community um, and your willingness just to sort of try stuff, it's so inspiring. So thank you. And I think I, I hope a lot of people um, uh, sort of follow your example and, and, and just start doing things in their communities the way you, you've done in yours. Yeah, just plant a tree in your backyard. That's what we're called to do. Great. Uh, Yeah. Thanks, Thanks, friend. I appreciate you having me on here. All right. See you later. The Rabbit Room has partnered with Lipscomb University to make this podcast possible. Lipscomb has graciously given us access to their recording studio in the Center for Entertainment and Arts building. We're so grateful for their sponsorship, their encouragement, and the good work they do in Nashville. Special shout out as well to Jess Ray for letting us use her song Too Good as part of this podcast. Visit JessRayMusic.com to hear more of her beautiful songs. The Habit Membership is a library of resources for writers by me, Jonathan Rogers. More importantly, The Habit is a hub of community where like-minded writers gather to discuss their work and give each other a little more courage. Find out more at TheHabit.co. This podcast was produced by The Rabbit Room, where art nourishes community and community nourishes art. All our podcasts are made possible by the generous support of our members. To learn more about us, visit rabbitroom.com. And to become a member, rabbitroom.com slash donate.